Productions. Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Wow, that was like an echo. Well, welcome back to Go Deep Productions, Go Deep the Podcast. I'm your host, John Nothing Fucking Doe. And I said that fast because I was hoping you missed the fucking part, or maybe I wasn't. <laughs> Today, we have another special show on tap for you. It's just going to be kind of like a little intimate and not intimate in the way you're thinking, you perv, but intimate in the way that it's just going to be myself and the one that can't decide between latex, rubber, or plastic? Question mark. The one and only Motorsports Mofo. How are you, pal? Rubber every time, John. All right, all right. So I get that. So, you know, um, you've heard us carrying on the last couple shows and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We don't have the Colonel today or G.I. Joe. The Colonel wasn't here because he actually had work to do. And we understand that and appreciate that. So enjoy your day of work there, Colonel. Don't work too hard. And uh, someone told me that uh, your NASCAR talk was wrong. You had your list wrong. Dale Earnhardt is number two. Anyways. (laughs) I I can be wrong every so often, but uh, I I love to debate. I love to debate this stuff. And the one thing I did say to the Colonel off air is, you know, when we think of Dale Earnhardt and we factor in what him, what the crash and what him dying at Daytona on track as the race closed meant to the sport, what it did for the fans or meant to the fans and did for the sport, I should say, in terms of, uh, future safety additions and such like that, and the Hans device and mandatory full face helmets. Obviously, he was still of the era like where he was able to run with an open face uh, helmet, but it really, you know, it was a change. And the as the Colonel and I did discuss off air, it was one of those things where there's many metrics how you can measure your top five list and. Um, Dale, in the, in that case, Dale Earnhardt definitely, you know. If I was to measure or factor that into my equation, I would probably rank him up closer to a number one. And you say, how do you do that if he didn't even make your top five? And it's just because I remember watching that race. I remember what it meant to me as a fan and how it made me look at the sport differently and how it changed the sport. So just a nod to the colonel there, just that, you know, Dale, Dale definitely, like, even though he didn't make my top five, but when I think about it and factor in other factors that I, I didn't for the other drivers, like, I, I definitely can see where the colonel was coming. And um, I've had a few people already reach out to me pertaining to uh, that my list was my list was really off. So, uh, you know, you know who you are. I appreciate the messages, and uh, I did respond. So I hope you're uh, able to understand that. That was a nice way of saying I don't give a fuck. That's why he didn't answer you. Um, <laughs> uh, moving I, on. I try to get back to everybody. Thank yes, you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're you're better than I am. Uh, if I don't answer you, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I'm ignoring you. <laughs> so today's show, we wanted to go off the beaten path, and you know how much we love our top fives and top tens. We love to be able to give our opinion for what it's worth, and it usually, in a lot of ways, is not worth a plug nickel, but we like to think it's worth something. So. Today, we're going to start with you, Mofo. We're going to do a top 10. And this is just opinion. Top 10 opinions here on Go Deep, the podcast. So, we're going to start with number 10. It's a doozy. 
I don't know if I should start with number 10. What do you think? Do you- I, I think like if we start at number 10, it's like at this point we're only getting on the train. The train wreck won't yeah. happen until around number four. And I, I feel like that's when people really start watching. So I, I think like if we start at number 10, it gives us some build up to the number one. Okay. And we're going to have slaps probably given out both ways around. Definitely. Two. Well, you know what? Why don't we start the list on, in an orth- unorthodox way? We always start from the back and work our way to the front, and that might work for cars and girlfriends, but let's uh, <laughs> let's do things like they do in school and start from grade one and work our way up. I like that. So <laughs> <laughs> have me over for dinner first, you know? Yeah, you know, maybe uh, give me a phone call first and tell me you like me. Uh, number one, this is all powered by ChatGBT. Chat it's a chat bot, and uh, we find it interesting. Okay, so number one is, what is the meaning of life? Mofo, for you, what is the meaning of life? And just know, I have a feeling your wife is in the neighborhood or she's listening, so be very careful in your words. The meaning of life. Shit. You know, you, you really, you, you start me off right. <laughs> talk about, in a hard spot. Talk, talk about put me in a deep hole here without I a ladder. I love my wife and she's the meaning and he's about to not wake up from his sleep tomorrow, folks. <laughs> Carbon monoxide poisoning has yeah. never been so sweet. She learned something uh, about cars after all, but the, the meaning of life. I mean, it's, a, I feel like, I don't know. It's one of those age old questions, John. Um, you know, I think there's like a spiritual or religious side there. There's various ways to look at it, but in my personal thoughts is like the meaning of life. I think is just like, you know, get out there, experience things, uh, see things that you wouldn't normally see, uh, reflect upon the things that you have learned and done and, and, and learn from them, take it in as all, as all constructive. And I mean, you learn from it and going forward meaning of life. It's, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's subjective. I think depending on who you, who you talk to about it. Right. But I think for me, it's, it's based on those, those values that I listed. I think, uh, I know it's kind of weird, but, uh, when I think about it, I don't think of the measurement of life wearing latex suits and, uh, hanging out with GI Joe on a regular basis, even though he can't return our phone calls. But I think more or less the experience of life for me is service, how you're servicing people. And I don't mean on your knees. I mean, like how you're helping the community, how you're interacting with the community, how you're helping to make everybody grow and do better opposed to you doing better and everybody else suffering. I think that's one great measure of um, what the meaning of life is. Because the, the idea of life and us all doing well together um, it serves a bigger purpose, right? So you're, you're serving that purpose. You're helping other people out. And in return, when you need something, and it doesn't have to be anything major, like we're not talking like, oh, I lent him five bucks, so he gave me 10000 But I mean like, you know, someone's having a hard time. They're on your couch. You know what I mean? Hey, do you want a meal? Hey, here's a tea. Let's talk, whatever, right? Or like you're you're in the community and you're setting things up and it's just like a fun event and you know there's many different things of that sort I think that can apply to this but I think the meaning of life is service and service has so much meaning and it's kind of like an open ended thing you know what I mean I have been asked meaning to ask you anyway sorry John to when you're going to leave the couch because you you've been here for three weeks. Um, but I don't know, like, I guess the way I differentiate is I think those are good life values in terms of helping out in the community, helping people that are close to you or people in need and so on and so forth. But I also, I, I I guess I differentiate the meaning of life and then good life values, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing good service in the community, I believe that, uh, you will get good values. 
You know, you'll learn those values. You'll teach those values to your kids, right? Well, yeah, there, there is that point of like where you will be able to to value and you will gain value through the experiences that you've demonstrated and or experienced. But I also, I, I do maintain that I, I differentiate the two. I think like the, the meaning of life is, is I, I don't know, I just, I differentiate the two. And again, I, I go back to, you know, getting out there, experiencing things, reflecting, doing things that maybe you haven't. And I don't base it so much on how you help people and, and, and do good things like that. I'm not well, saying you shouldn't help someone with the expectations that they're going to help you back. No. And I understand that. I'm just saying though, that I guess personally, I differentiate the two. Okay. Of being like a good person and then the meaning of life. So <clears throat> when we have a problem with you after the show, I can replay what you've just said and your wife will, uh, she'll agree with what you're saying or are you telling me that you'll be sleeping on my couch this week? No, no. I, I see. See, I've I've got the shed all set up, and I got a little, oh, little Bunsen burner out there that oh. should keep me warm and allow me to cook. You know, maybe make a meal. He's got the European plan there, guys. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I I figure if I stay out there for about two solid weeks, then I should be able to eventually re-enter re-enter the residence with lots of flowers that she doesn't have to buy herself anymore. Got it. <laughs> well noted. So, mofo number two. <laughs> Uh, number two goes down to how does the brain work? Now I know that you're, you're a car guy and you're used to pistons and oil and maybe not all in the same, uh, same order, but, uh, what do you, how do you believe the brain works? Right. Cause it's really a, it's a complicated machine. Oh, listen, I'm clearly <laughs> not suited for this conversation. Hey, good I- folks. <laughs> <laughs> No, clearly, uh, if you saw me on Pornhub there, you would note that I did play a doctor in one role, but I am not actually a physician. So he was the guy that was holding the boom mic is what he wants you to know. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, Again, like I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how, how the brain works in terms of like a scientific side or a medical side. But I think again, like there, there's, I don't, I don't fully grasp other than I break it down to that you have areas of the brain where you'll put thoughts and you'll store them. They're there. They're compartmentized. You'll, you'll, you'll put them much like away in a computer where they're there. You know they're there. You don't think about them on a daily basis, but you go back and you can retrieve Stop them. Stop reading my mind, jerk. I was going to say computer. You can, you can go back and retrieve them when you decide you need to. And maybe you're, you're not into that. Maybe you're someone that once it's in the past, you let it go and it, it's gone. But otherwise, I think like the brain works in, in that regard like a computer. Um, it's there and you can you can always go and retrieve it. Self-reflection, forward thinking, um, ideas, experiences, whatever. You can go and you can retrieve it um, or you can also leave it in another compartment and you don't have to worry about it. And then obviously you have like basic instincts, um, various ideas and sets that would flow through your brain but that that's more from like again um my perspective of, of not being a doctor and not being any sort of science educated whatsoever clearly okay <coughs> don't worry about that that's just my covid but uh i don't i don't know when i think about how a brain works it's really confusing to me and i know that there's not really much going on upstairs for me and that's okay i i've come to terms with that a long time ago but, I mean, it has to be something, it's like a little bit of mechanical and a little bit of computer, 
and it's like mashed up into this little meat bag we call a brain. And I think it's like it's weird because it's like as long as oxygen is pumping through your your blood and it's going up to the top, then you can think clearly, right? You know, God forbid you get an erection, we can't think clearly at all. All that oxygen and brain power goes south. And I'm I'm a firm believer that we have neurons in the tip of our penises, but that's that's a conversation for a whole nother day. But I think when you think about the neurons and 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 how like our meat bag of our brain like squeeze, I I think it almost like I think there has to be some kind of uh, divine intervention for us to even think on our own. I almost feel like it's like a Nintendo game. Someone else is doing it. And we're just kind of following along. They're pressing uh, right and left and jump. And a lot of us can't jump, but I think that's something. I think like, again, like it's a whole other topic, but I think like interestingly enough, like when you think about like when people talk about the soul, your soul lives on and, and so on and so forth. It's like we've all had like, silent silent moments in our head or conversations where you're having a discussion with yourself in your mind and ha- playing it out how it's going to be received and back and forth conversation but you're and just it having, doesn't happen any way you thought it was going to no exactly but i sometimes wonder it's like you know is is the soul if you believe in that is it exist in your brain or is it like actually a real thing like does it, you know even though you die or whatever like does your your, your brain goes away and as the rest of your physical body but your thoughts and your your things that existed at one point in your head are they still always going to be out there just not so much physical well imagine a person with a coma and i've heard this story countless times where they're not able to move or think or not think but talk but they can hear all the conversations around them and they can see but they can't do anything normally and being locked in that prison imagine how that person feels like they're they're locked in this position their brain is like whatever for whatever reason they can't talk but imagine being in that position and then thinking about how is the brain working as you're cussing everybody like, I can't fucking move. Stop telling me you're sorry. You're an idiot. <laughs> like I don't even know why you came and visited me. I don't know. There's many different ways you can kind of look at this. Let's move on to the next question, shall we? Because I'm sure we butchered that and we completely left the neighborhood of how the brain works. Sorry, guys. Apparently, uh, my friend Motorsports Mofo likes Wayne Gretzky. uh whiskey or rye what is it it's whiskey whiskey whenever we start sipping it it becomes a problem okay so next question this one's obviously obviously going to start with you because you're the only other person here i'm ready for it that's not what she said um what are the biggest challenges facing humanity (laughs) you know i think this is a big one i think that you've definitely not heard. I'm <laughs> no, damn I, sure I, of that. I, I've never heard that one. My dog has a big um, one. You know, I know, I guess depending on who you talk to, I mean, I know recently there was a thing that they were talking about the asteroid that hit the planet in like 2046 or something of that nature, right? The now, possibility. The Whatever, right? Yeah. The, my point, I'm not, listen, I'm not losing sleep because I I mean, I have no regard as I jaywalk across the road or something. These dangerous guys. No, but I'm just saying that we, <laughs> we take all these risks, mitigated or unmitigated, and, and decide like, oh, well, arbitrarily we're just doing it and you don't think much about the implications of what could happen. And it's like, I think we have bigger things to worry about before 2046 or whatever arbitrary date something may or may not happen whatever right so take that aside you know we've clearly got 
global issues going on in terms of tensions between various countries where everyone's going to have a side and a perspective on it. You have imminent threats of war. You you hear the, the nuclear <laughs> button and the nuclear warhead comments and so on and so forth thrown around now um, at an amazing rate. And it's interesting because the more the word is said, nuclear and nuclear bomb, and um, just the more it becomes normalized. So I think like that there is uh, is a problem that we're facing. I think we have to like all stand back. All global leaders need to stand back and really have an assessment. Don't look at so much the whatever the other country or whatever you know that you like or dislike or what have you. But people need to start really looking in, at their own families and thinking, you know, how do we want to, to have our, our families prosper and, and move forward in a positive light? I mean, we clearly have, um, like, people going hungry. And, and obviously, it's always easy to point the finger. That person isn't me, just putting it out there. No, well, clear, <laughs> clear, clearly it's not you, John. But um, Holy fuck. We got the we got another load coming in for you. Don't you worry. We'll, we'll keep you well sacked in the. That's what she said. <laughs> no, like you know, we we got people though that are quite literally starving, and now it's easy to point the finger and say, "Well, yes, there, there's you know uh, countries in Africa and and the, the people are starving. Listen, there's people that are starving right in on you know in Toronto, in, in all across Canada, and especially like the states. Like but some of those people, I think, in Toronto are suffering. Um, in some cases, it's mental uh, mental health, but I think some cases it's yeah. it's a choice. No, and, and in some f- in in some cases, yes, it is mental health. I'm just saying though that there's it's like a known thing. There are children, there are adults that are literally going without food. Yep. Right. So, I think like hunger, like global globally speaking, like hunger and food, and I don't just mean like bags of chips food i'm talking about like proper mix of fruit and vegetables dairy and but hold on this is an assumption that all those things together are good for everybody no okay i don't and i don't know if all i'm all i'm saying is okay all i'm saying is in my personal perspective is is that i think we have people that are in the are, are literally starving right so i think like and then because we are developing more and more farmland globally and we're making or paving more roads and i'm not like i want to be clear i'm not against roads or anything i'm just saying though i i do see it as an issue where we are getting rid of more and more farmland or at least here in north america we are building more things more structures homes uh roads everything like that and it's taking away from in my personal thoughts like sustainable food and and, and growth in that regard so i i, I would rank that right up there like but then i mean again you also have like the whole aids crisis and everything that's still like going on and like i don't know if aids i thought i heard something about aids being cured no and i don't know every every like i don't follow up on it too often and obviously and thankfully but i'm just saying like in the sense of that you have essentially some of these diseases where it's like they've just been perpetually going on for like feels like forever well there's a business involved now right now it's become someone trust me i like I say, it's a whole other topic. I'm just saying, though, like that I think about some of these people that like, you know, whether it be AIDS or cancer or whatever, um, like we're, we're losing a lot of good people due to various diseases and 
I, I just think that, you know, or infections, I just think that ultimately like this, it, it's problematic. Like, you know, we, we live in modern times where some of this stuff in theory should be to be able to be solved. So I, that's probably where I would rank like those, those things. Okay. About, like things that we're going to face as, as concern. That makes sense. Well, you were talking, I had a whole bunch of ideas to contribute. And then I realized that if I were to start talking about what you first started talking about, you would have already forgot what we talked about. So now that I've confused you and everybody else on the show, we're going to move on to the, <laughs> the next one. And I'll, I'll actually, I'll answer it first. I'll, uh, I'll do you a big and I'll answer it first. So the question was, um, what are the biggest challenges facing humanity? And I don't want to generalize it. But I think it all comes down to greed. And when you look at it, when it comes to, you know, hunger and everything else, you know, I don't want to cap people of capital, uh, capitalistic societies, but I think when you get to a certain threshold of money, now it's become too much. You're not able to do nothing and sure you're going to create gen uh, generational wealth. But I think it comes to a point where it's like, well, come on now. You know, like there's other things that, and, and don't get wrong, I understand you've worked for that money, you've done X, Y, and Z, and maybe if we took the incentive away, you wouldn't be that interested in creating new companies or creating new ideas or new discoveries or however you want to dance this. But I think it gets to a point where it's like, well, you know, we can look at it from just as, as something as small as a city. And it's like, if you're that rich and you're in this city, maybe you don't need that much money. You know, like obviously you have a family. So if you were able to, let's say you had a trillion dollars, that's a lot of freaking money. Even in today's money, that's a lot of money. 100%. Yep. I don't think you need a trillion dollars. Maybe 500 million is the cap. And at that point, the rest of the money goes back into a system where, you know, we bring mental health and we're... The thing is, though, is if you say, say you even had, let's say 500 million, as an example, if you follow like good business models in terms of investing, diversification, things like that, you're going to be constantly replenishing that wealth that would bring you up to a trillion dollars anyway. Well, yeah, you're making jobs, I'm sure. But I think some people that are running some of these corporations, I'm not going to name their names, but like big box places, I think they get to a point where they're so rich and they've got so many different levels of management that when like, you know, right now with the climate's not as favorable as it was five years ago, you'll start raining back and like, oh, we need to save money. And it's like, well, you're saving money is someone not eating. You're saving money is someone that doesn't work. Someone, you're saving money is someone not getting prescriptions for their children or themselves. So I think there's almost like a burden in a way if you, if you are going to be responsible enough to be able to get to this part of the finish line, mm -hmm. then I think it comes a, a problem of service. You know, like I know you're providing a service, but... We need a better service. We need help with that service. And like expecting the government to do that, you know, when it's like, I don't know, you're not making it very far when you have people that are only worried, worried about their bottom line. And they, even though you see um, just something as a municipal level of politicians, they make 60,000 a year, but there's so many side jobs and sidekicks and stuff of that nature that they're receiving and this is no pun. I'm not saying everybody gets it. I'm just saying I think a grand majority of them do. And that's opinion, not necessarily truth. I just feel like there's a lot of people left out. And I'm not saying that everybody deserves a grand majority of this piece of the pie. But I think we, if we're if we're at this point where we are now, where homelessness is so normal that everybody's at every corner and they're almost working corners like shifts, 
then I think that we have to look at things from a different perspective because I don't believe in giving anything for nothing. So, you know, I kind of look at it from that perspective. I'm not saying that everybody needs to work a chain gang and pick up money or pick up, uh, you know, dirt and um, litter off the side of the roads in order to get their EI or whatever. But something needs to be done. There needs to be some kind of service rendered in order to achieve that. I get people get down in the luck and that's, that's different from what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? But saying that, now that we got all serious, fuck you, mofo. It's always you. <laughs> it's got to be so, like, philosophical and tough shit. <laughs> We're not going to go through a whole top ten. I'm just letting you know that right now. We're going to go to the next question. And this one is going to be a bit of a doozy. So, um, how will technology change society in the coming years? And I wasn't talking about Pornhub and go. <laughs> or pink cherry you fucking perv um (laughs) technology i i I mean you look how it's changed for us in the last 10 years never mind like the next 10 years going forward right you think about ai whether you like it or dislike it where that may or may not take us right powered by chat (laughs) gbt um it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting times. In the next, say, two, three years, I don't really think, like, you'll see a whole lot of change. But, I mean, to say over, like, 10 years as an example, I think, yeah, you're going to start to see the push more AI. I think it's going to slowly come in, very much introduced as, you know, just an option for, for small, minuscule tasks. But eventually it's going to ramp itself up and take on a whole uh, proverbial life of its own or a snowball effect that will get bigger as it rolls along. Not like G.I. Joe. I think that, you know, we are ever seeing more and more evolution and scientific breakthroughs in terms of the medical field. So I'd like to see, I'm curious to see, I should say, like what will happen with, say, stem cell research and stem cells over the next 10 years and how much that is going to make changes for people that are in need and and people have had accidents and, and issues with whole gambit of things as to where, like, that research in the medical field will take us. Um, I'm curious to see, like, as a car guy, I'm curious to see where things are going to go in the automotive field in the next 10 years. I know, like, right now there's clearly a big push on with the EVs, but I'm curious to see, like, you know, are, are we going to see Toyota really make a, a, a hard-line push and do things, like, more with this hydrogen-powered um, vehicles? Are we going to see... I think we don't have a choice. I know, no, I know, but I'm just curious to see where the technology will will take us. Like, <clears throat> like what I'm ultimately getting to is like, so the technology is say out there to continuously make internal combustion cars more fuel efficient, right? Yeah. So, but as an example, if the car itself is lighter and the engine is more fuel efficient, then the more range that you're going to get on that single tank of gas, right? Makes sense. Now that being said, cars. You know, you would think they've they've gotten lighter and lighter over the years, but if you actually look back at like, I know like we were referencing the other day, like just off air, but we were talking about like the new Dodge Challenger, uh, you know, and, and its capabilities. And I was looking up the weight of it; it's something like forty two hundred pounds, right? And it's still run able to run like an eight ninety in the quarter, right? Which you, is insane. You know what's funny about the Dodge Charger is they pretty much. I was talking Challenger, but I'll take Charger. Challenger, but. I think it was a Challenger. Maybe it was a Charger. But in, I can't remember what movie it was. It was the guy from Mall Cop. What's his name? Uh, 
King of Queens. He's a comedian, chubby guy, blondish hair. You can picture his face. Yeah. Why can't I think of his fucking name? You know what it is. I know you're yelling at me. Shut up. I know. I know what it is. I just can't remember right now. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he did one with he did a movie with Will Ferrell where they were trying to build a car and it was a I think it was a charger though. And they were trying to make it electric and then give it speakers so that you could hear the sounds of the engine roaring. And then Dodge went and did it this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they told you what they were working on it. It's like programmed. Well, I guess I just think like in terms of technology, like it's already out there if they wanted to make vehicles lighter. But then you're factoring in modern amenities, you know, heated this, power that. Um, but, you know, you could easily shave some of the, the weight of these vehicles down and make them more fuel efficient in terms of a power to weight ratio with a gasoline engine. So that being said, like, I'm just, I'm curious to see where things in terms of technology are going to take us forward in the automotive. Kevin James, motherfuckers. Yes. (laughs) I could picture the face. I could picture the face. I just couldn't think of his name. Lies. All lies. But no, I'm curious to see like where the technology is going to take us in the automotive industry, because you have to factor in whether the automotive industry or politicians or whoever say that they want you know cars to be more efficient and this and that the other and i i get it they do i mean we, we have to do it but i mean no you have to i i, I get that and i don't have a problem with it in the but if you sense. know but my, that something is not sustainable okay well, electric I, cars are not sustainable my, my point for more, 20 plus years no, and i agree and i i'm curious about like the recycling side of it all right you look at what's going on in europe pertaining to electric cars and like their recycling thing um i'm more so curious so like What's like? What are some of these oil companies going to do? I know some of them They're are investing in. This no, as I know well. some of them are investing in the green energy and, and charging stations and that. But what I mean is, is like some of them have really doubled down on their their position in oil, as an example, right? And yep. going forward with the refining and the drilling for oil. So my point is, as much as they are investing and still looking to go forward with the EV thing and that. I don't think the oil game, if you will, is over yet. And I don't no. think it's going to be over in the next 10 years. I don't think it's even going to be over in the next 20 years, to be honest. You have to think of, like, say, countries like Saudi Arabia and that. Are they just going to, as an example, roll over and say, oh, yes, we want everyone to go to electric cars and we'll just keep our oil here and not, you know, trust me. Like, there's, I don't see the major changes there other than you will see small little minute changes as things go along but i am equally so curious to see what the automotive industry will look like in 10 years because especially as you go electric all electric cars you get away from more moving components more fluids and things like that that need to be changed out in an automobile of today and that has a major trickle effect everything from the the parts manufacturers to the mechanics to the dealerships the whole thing down the line. See, I have a theory, and I don't think anybody's ever thought about this. I think what's going to happen is the car the car system or the, the car hierarchy or however you want to call it is going to change. So you now you look at it, and it's like Lamborghini, Ferrari. They're the top guys, right, of combustion engines, right? No big deal. Everybody agrees with that. It's not, it's not a surprise or whatever company you want to say is first place or whatever. But I think what's going to happen is electric cars are going to become the rich guy vehicles and hydrogen fuel cell is going to be for the rest of us. Because I think 
I think we already know that the Petro system is on its way out. It may not happen in the next decade, but it's on its way out. And I think hydrogen fuel cell is definitely a much better option for us just from the research I've done thus far and knowing that Toyota is one of the companies that's open and out there pushing for this and they're the ones actually doing a lot of the investment. And like truth be told, Toyota was doing this investment into electric or even hybrid electric long before any other car manufacturer was really discussing it maybe out in person or out in the public rather. So I really think that when it comes down to it, we're going to have the two-tier system. We're going to have the electric cars, the Teslas, the Porsches, the Lamborghinis and such. And they're going to be having their Porsche, ver- their electric version. And then you're going to have the Hyundais and the Toyotas and the Hondas. And they're really going to have their hydrogen fuel cell. And I think we're going to have this, because you look at the gas stations, a lot of them are getting these... Uh, Tesla or even I can't remember the other company's name. There's another company for power stations and it's like they've already made an investment and they've already put their time and money in. So I can't see them scrapping these charging locations. So I really think that really what it's going to become is they're going to have one side for charging, one side for hydrogen fuel cell and, you know, petroleum is just going to die out. We'll have like one little pump off in the corner. I, I think also the like the way that we're seeing subscription services sort of coming to the automotive industry. Oh man, it's so scary. And we we have talked with that where you want heated seats. Okay, you have to pay your subscription five dollars a month, and you and can have it, a warm pair of buns. And if the the next person that buys that vehicle type thing, then they have to subscribe, and and so on and so forth. I honestly start to wonder: Will technology take us to a place where it's like you just you you drive your I don't know BMW as an example? And uh, you have your subscription service or you also have the option to where it's just a lease. And if you are, say, a lease, you drive it to a said parking lot, you drop it off. And in the morning, it may not be that BMW, but there will be another BMW out there that either self-drives itself or someone has else has dropped it that also leases that vehicle. And it will become more of a shared. So I, I think you're on to something there, because if you look at something as small as a cell phone, Apple's making it probably the next five years that you will no longer own your phone, but rather lease it. And then when you're done with it, you bring it back. So I could very well see that system coming to cars. I mean, if we're talking subscription just to have your buns warm in the winter or cooled in the summer, if you live in Florida or Texas or any of those wonderful places, I could see this definitely being um, pushed out, right? Because then it'd be like the whole thing was like, why pay a monthly payment for a vehicle that by the time you finish financing eight years later, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, you could just rent this car or you could have a shared lease. Mm-hmm. All you do is you have one common spot and your friends or family or even a perfect stranger and someone cleans the car almost like an Airbnb. You know what I mean? I can see that very much being the truth. And it's like, depending on your subscription, is like what features you get at the time when you've rented that car. So it's like I rented a high-end Kona and it comes with leather seats, uh, comes with butt warmers, it comes with a sunroof. But if you didn't pay for that sunroof, you go to press the button, it's going to be like, if you would like a sunroof, press one now. You know what I mean? Like something of that sort. Mm-hmm. So I could very well see this coming down the pipe. Basically that, like a Sirius XM radio or something. Like yeah, that. because they the everybody's always looking for that way to make more money. Because when you look at software and how it's progressed over the last, I don't know, 10 years, even in video games, you have Fortnite. Free, it's a free game. But if you think you're going to make it anywhere, you're actually going to be able to face other people you got to pay for the battle pass. And if you want to get even better, you got to buy the guns. So 
you're not winning unless you're paying. So it's creating a class system as much as we don't want to say that there is a class system. But now North America is openly inviting a class system in a sense. I think I think just in general it's a slippery slope, right? And in not the kind that we want to talk about here on the on the show. No, but in terms <laughs> of the technology in that in that sector, right? And I think it will be interesting to see. But I've always maintained, like I'd love to see if a manufacturer said we are going to make, as an example, a base model. Because right now you look at what the quote unquote base model. Like I'll, we'll talk trucks for a, sa- a second here. You think of like what you know a, trucks. Come on, no, now. but just think of like I say a, a base model um, Chevy Silverado. Okay, so okay, as an example, you can get it with you know the like the, the four point eight liter, and you can get it two wheel drive and 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 you know like the base options. But what I mean by base model truck is where you can get it without um, case and like. This, navigation you can get it without the nav system you can get it without like a lot of like the um the big lcd screens you like can just get it. yeah like where you can literally just get damn near a work truck or a work car where it's just the bare thing because you're seeing white more and, you're paint. seeing more and more vehicles where they used to be able to get in a, a very generic base model say like a toyota echo or something um, or even a Silverado, you could get them like just where they were essentially more utilitarian than they are luxury. But it's like, if I want the luxury Silverado in the sense of now, if I want the luxury Silverado where it's like I need it for, I want the big motor in it, I want four-wheel drive, but I don't want the nav system, it's like, well, I'm sorry, Mofo, but this comes with the nav system. Like it's just, it's built yeah. into it. And you say, well, what's the but difference? But that's where the subscription services No, account. I know, but I'm saying I also break it down. And it's just one more thing to break. It's one more thing to let go. One more thing that the manufacturer can say, well, you need this. And we're going to, likewise, we're going to charge you for it. Um, or if you don't have this subscription, then it won't work this or it won't work that. And I just think in some degrees, I think it would be nice if we could get back to at least just have it as an option if you want to get away from... Or maybe not many as many breakdowns of the same vehicle. Maybe only have three levels. Basic, to, medium, large, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. Just I, But I, I am curious to see where technology is going to take it. Um, that, that sort of being a little bit more of my wheelhouse. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. I think for me... When I look at, um, I think, how technology is going to change society, I think I've already seen it coming down the pipe. And nanotechnology is crazy. And what they're talking about with nanotechnology, it's, you, you, you see some of this nanotechnology just right now, even in our cell phones, right? The processing power, how fast everything works, how, um, you know, something as stupid as uh, Elon Musk's uh, chip that he wants to put in your brain with the uh, cords that kind of like weld themselves in a sense to like different parts of your brain to, you know, help rebuild certain parts of injured parts of your body and, and stuff that's, I mean, it's going to change it drastically. And I think in the next 10 years, we're not going to be recognizable by how we are to today's standards. I think it's going to be like a, a night and day shift. That there's a, another interesting point is like, I, I just don't, I don't, if you I, like to tighten nuts, you I, can't I wait suppose, to have a microchip in your head. I suppose as an example, if I'm laying touch wood in a hospital bed and I'm essentially brain dead and nothing, like no positive outlook, and you want to try putting a chip in there to see if it makes a difference or what have you, 
I mean, at that point, I guess you got nothing else to lose. You know what they'll find out though, right? When they do that to you, your penis will work. <laughs> <laughs> your wife just, will give me a call and be like, oh my God, it actually is there. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I just, um, you know, I just, otherwise, I just don't know how I feel about it. Like in terms of the chip in the, in the brain that and I know, I know there's a lot of people that like bring forward a lot of possibilities and things they could do, but I just think I, that, that there to me is where we start to cross a threshold of science and, and human life. And I, I don't think we should be, I put that up there with cloning. I just don't think it's a sector that we should be really playing with. That being said, you know what, like as an example, because I'm not educated in it, like it might be ultimately doing this chip in someone's brain might be the difference of them being able then to walk again or do something yes. that they have previously not been able to do so i can see the benefits where they would be potentially listed but because i don't know enough about it it just it likewise does strike me as a little bit concerning i mean it should be concerning everything should be kind of um handled in a delicate kind of stance you know what i mean we can't just nosedive into this you know what i'm saying like this is not something you're just it's like, not oh. prom night right like <laughs> do you have prom night oh shit um you know moving forward though let's get into the next question there mofo because i'm sure i'm certain that people are already tired of my insults for you (laughs) all right so as i look at this list we have a a set of 10 questions i could possibly ask but knowing that mofo is going to answer at least 10 of them or sorry five of them at least the same way we're going to skim it down a little bit so, with that being said... I'm an excellent politician. Like, I should be in politics. You'll be the next Justin Trudeau, no doubt. Yeah, fuck yourself. <laughs> so, let's let's change it up a little bit. We're talking about the brain. We're talking about technology, the meaning of life. Now, we've talked about what kind of impact technology could possibly have on the future. But what do you think that means for us in climate change? And we've kind of touched it lightly with cars. How do we how do we solve climate change? What is, is there an easy answer? Like, are we all going to be starting to like uh, live like you tonight after we get done this podcast in a little uh, shed, you know, with a wood fire in front and uh, you know that kind of a flashlight that you wind? I don't I don't think we change climate change. To well, be here, here's here's my other question: Do you believe that climate change is as bad as the propaganda is being sold to you? Or do you think that prop, uh, or do you think that climate change is no different than it kind of really was long before we showed up on the face of this planet? My personal thoughts, and again, not I'm not an educated person in terms of science and so on and so forth, but I think that sure we put a lot of chemicals into our atmosphere that probably we shouldn't end or could be without, like should be without there's various inventions and things that we've had that give off, uh, you know, off gases and things that maybe weren't around or, or definitely weren't around since then when say the dinosaurs and like when GI Joe lets one rip. Oh, absolutely. He clears <laughs> a room like no one's business. Um, no, but I, you know, I, I think that like, as an example, it, um, it's one of those things where this just in mofo really clears the room. Sorry. I just think like when it comes to climate change, if we can't control a virus, if we can't control people that are 
globally speaking, hungry and not hungry, how the hell are you going to figure out climate change? We that just and what I mean is like if we in this say in this country in Canada implement every single thing that okay, no one can burn um, any fossil fuels starting tomorrow, and no one can drive a car. Everything has to go back to walking. Because even if we did horse and buggy, then the horses are shitting on the road there and the cat, you know, so listen, I get it. They make for mean snowballs. They they do. They (laughs) they are. But I'm just saying, though, that you are ultimately going to, you're still going to have other countries where they're going to be literally building, you know, you're seeing China do it, fresh active coal plants. Um, They're going to be other third world countries that are going to be doing the same. Can you blame them? I mean, we've already done it, and we we use fossil fuels to advance our civilizations here. America so, technically still has fossil fuel, or not fossil, coal plants. No, I know, but I'm just saying, though, it's like, so when I look at it from that way, even if we stopped, if ever, if unless everyone globally stops, I, I don't think you're going to just wave a wand and, and fix it. We definitely need to be on the same page. When you talk about, you know, uh, sea levels rising, I'm not a scientist whether they are or are not in terms of an inch by inch over the duration of so many years or whatever. I do, though, believe that, yeah, like, I mean, you probably will see changes in things like, will do I expect Florida will be partially underwater in the next 50 to 100 years. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if waters make their way more inlands, but explain to me then why you see some of like these really rich people that are concerned about climate and all this and that, and they have these beachfront properties and they're right on prime land. Why would why would banks continue to lend out money for mortgages and such for properties that are right at the beach, right at the waterfront, if things are going to be so drastic and so flooding over, like... You have governments that, as an example, leaders that literally fly out on their own personal jets. We just had President Biden here not long ago, I know, in Canada to meet with Justin Trudeau. And and again, flies in on a jet, whole entourage of private security and everything. And I get it. But again, if everyone's worried about climate change, we think of every vehicle that rolled in as private security forum. Um, as I mean, realistically, fuels. you could do three vehicles, a tank with two armored vehicles front and back. Well, or whatever. Wouldn't I'm, that be cheaper in the long run than having 12 to 18 uh, SUVs? All I'm all I'm saying is if we're really worried about climate change, there's so many more things of question as to why are we being told about climate change and that we need to make the changes, we need to pay more, but... Don't worry, people that are deemed like elitist are still flying around in their private jets, flying, you know, with all this extra, you know, entourage of people and things like that. And it it just, I think to myself, like, I don't know that I fully believe in the whole thing. Could Now, that being said, could internal combustion engines, could um, chemicals that are being released into the atmosphere, could things be cleaner and better? Should they be? Yeah, sure. Of course, we can always make improvements there. But do well, I we th- have been, I think. No, and we are, and I'm not denying that. But my point, though, is, is that, yes, as much as it could be better, I also think to myself, like, why, why am I having to pay more that makes it harder now for me to get by Agreed. day to day? No, and and that's what it comes back to, right? So I don't think you're going to see much change with climate change because the the majority of the masses, if they can't afford to to do some of these initiatives that they would like to do because it's just 
too damn expensive, you're never going to get there. But you you will always have control. Control is the biggest tool because it, it dictates fear. Right? So and while that's, that's happening, Mofo is going to control the conversation. <laughs> No, I just I I I'm playing so with you. I'm playing I with you. I don't see climate change changing other than we will consistently see um you know the storms and the weather and whatever come but then like you read you read uh various releases you 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 watch different articles and that that appear and they talk about you know various militaries and whether you believe in the chemtrail thing or not is a whole other thing but I'm not so much into the chemtrail thing, but like you only know, flat Earth. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm not. I'm not into the chemtrail thing, but like it's a known thing that like different chemicals being released into the atmosphere will cause, um, you know, a reaction of whether more rain or it'll trigger like diff- different things, right? So I don't. I don't get too wrapped up in the climate change thing. I honestly don't. And where will it be in the next 10 years? It's hard to say, but I think it's something normal in terms of that, like what the dinosaurs would have went through. Um, And, you know, there's a reason they're not here anymore. And there's likewise probably a reason on a long enough timeline that we won't be here anymore. Yeah. I don't think it'd be asteroids. I think it'd be nukes, but yeah, you know, that's just my thoughts out loud. I think, um, when you think of climate change, uh, you got to look at it from so many different angles. Are we putting stuff into the world that we don't probably need to? Probably. Do we have more garbage than necessary? Yeah. Is there a way to mitigate that? Yeah, I believe so. I think we need to be a little stricter. You know, compost is a big deal. Put your uh, compost in the compost, you know, or make a homemade compost. I know it stinks. I get that aspect. If you're able to do it, if you can't, I understand. But, you know, those little things, I think, make a big difference. You know, try not to have any waste. Try to only um, buy what you need. You know, when you're even getting something as stupid as an appliance, it's wrapped in either plastic with a styrofoam casing all around it, or it's in a cardboard box. And people complain about the cardboard box because you have to use X amount of chemicals in order to make that, you know, if it's, you know, recycled paper or whatever, right? So I get that. But you got to look at, you know, one or the other. Does it take more time to make cardboard where it, that could be recycled? Or do you have the, the, the thin layer of plastic with styrofoam? You're not recycling that styrofoam. The only thing you're doing with that is running along a fence in the middle of the summer, making it look like there's snow, even though there's not. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to be clear, though, too, though, that, like, per- he you, did you, not sleep with Monica Lewinsky. I did, so I did not have sexual relations <laughs> yeah. with that woman. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> no, like I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely saying, like I want to say that, like I don't think it's good to have plastics and various chemicals like that finding their way into our lakes, rivers, ponds, etc. That, like that, there is a is obvious. But I also recognize that you are going to have certain amount of packaging and things like that for products and so on and so forth. I think the bigger thing is make sure that if it can be recycled or, or as a use thereafter, I mean, maybe we even have to look at it as a civilization that like, well, what about what we've done here in Canada? So the prime minister has put through an effect, you know, the plastic bags, no, no more one use plastic, but he did it in such a vague way that we got rid of plastic forks, knives, spoons, um, plastic uh, bags, straws, straws, 
And but yet you can go to Wendy's. Sorry, Wendy's, I gotta throw you out there. I know you're redhead stepchild and all. Um, you can go to Wendy's, get a, a soft drink, and in that soft the way you're getting that soft drink is no longer in a wax cup or a paper cup, but now it's it's coming in a plastic, an all plastic cup now. Mm-hmm. So it's like where we weren't getting straws or forks now we're getting cups that are fully plastic and see-through or you go to tim hortons yeah got you too oh by the way tim hortons fuck your roll the rim sorry <laughs> i didn't win anything i won a damn coffee i did this whole thing for a couple of weeks and i rolled up your damn app anyways you suck but anyways uh your ice caps yeah those clear containers with all the ink on them boom one-time use but here's a paper straw that's gonna fade if you don't hurry up and drink your damn ice cap so i'm just putting it out there like if we're going to do something, let's make sense. Not like half-assed or not even that is, it's not even half-assed. It's, I don't know what you call that. It's somewhere in the, it's like, it's like someone saying they're sorry as they're stabbing you in the back. That's what it's kind of like, like right? And it, like, it will be interesting to see where technology takes us. I mean, we're always seeing new materials and new things come along that are, wow, this is great. This is new sliced bread. I, I do think though that again, like we have, we can make changes there, which are not. Hold on. You're thing. excited about sliced bread now? Well, as long as there's peanut butter on it, you know, but that being said, like in terms of the climate change thing, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see like a whole lot change in the next 10 years. I think unless we're prepared to make major real changes, changes real yeah. changes, but even then, even then, but you know, we can't do everything in paper towel. You know what I mean? No, like, no, and that's what I'm saying. But even then, like, unless every country globally is on that same page, which you're not ever going to see happen realistically, you're going to, you're going to maybe get half of one percent change in your country and then you have to think of they talk about like the way winds and and like you look after after say a storm and they say oh well radiation may have ultimately worked its way across the ocean and ended up here on canadian shores my my nuts are getting radiation with a 5g phone in my pocket all day no but i'm just saying though (laughs) when you start to factor it in like that things it, it puts in you i think a better perspective i don't i really i'm not saying that the climate isn't changing, but I mean, again, was the, is it not well documented that the planet was a lot warmer when the dinosaurs roamed the earth? And then we had the ice. Imagine bridge. them dropping a number two. I'm just saying like, that would be big. Yeah. <laughs> like the next iPhone big, you know, lineups guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's bring it down to the last question. I'm sure everybody's like, God, finish it up, wrap it up. So we are last question. Wrap it. Wrap it. I want to know what you think. Okay. So what is the best way to live a fulfilling life for motorsports mofo? <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast, folks. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for listening. Ah, uh, you know what? Um best best way to live a fulfilling life. You know, for me, I guess it's getting out there and doing things that you want to do. Everyone's gonna have something different, but for me. That would be, you know, getting out there, do my thing with the cars, hitting the track when I can, just doing stuff with the family, friends, having conversations. By the way, folks, I seen a gun uh, pointed towards his temple when he said that last statement about his family. So I just wanted you all to know that he's safe and sound right now. <laughs> and I'm still alive. Yes. <laughs> no, I, you know, I think it, I think it's one of those things that like just... Uh, like live live as if it's uh live as if you know as bad as hell live as if it's your last day i thought you were gonna tell me uh, do things that you want to do it's like nobody's watching you no i wasn't gonna say (laughs) no 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 no. 
No, but just I don't want to see that. Just by the uh, way. don't don't hold back. If there's things you want to do or conversations you want to have, get out there and have them do things, travel, whatever it is that like is ultimately I think your thing. Because you know what, like as as John and I know, like um, we've had some friends and that that have, are no longer with us and uh, have uh, you know have 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 since left. Our friends that are not allowed to hang out and do podcasts yep. or talk to us unless their significant other allows us. No names. I think it's one of those things, though, like, for me, it's just about getting out there and experiencing, doing the things that really, truly matter to me because you you just, you never know from day to day what's going to happen, and uh, that's sort of where I stand on it. Okay, I like it. Simplistic, but yet complicated. I can't say you're very complicated. You're very simplistic, but I? I like no. I like the comments, you know? It's almost like you read it off the internet. No ideas, folks. <laughs> no idea. I'm not. I'm not paying attention to what he's doing. I think uh, <laughs> the best way for me to feel like my life is fulfilled is to not feel like I'm locked into a nine to five. You know what I mean? Like doing stuff that you actually want to do. Well, you spend a lot of time on Pornhub, though. So that's the best night uh, nine to five I've ever had. Yeah. Everybody wins, right? Like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. They get fulfilled. I don't have to do it. And I get fulfilled. And they don't have to do it. Right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a good mix, right? Everyone wins. <laughs> you know, um, so so does the Kleenex company. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think we're always too focused on doing what everybody else wants us to do instead of doing what we want to do collectively with the people we want to do it with. So I think this idea where we work our nine to fives is just benign. And I understand we can't all be entrepreneurs. I understand that. But I don't think we're all supposed to be factory workers. And I think that the way the school systems are set up, sorry to knock you and I, and I don't care how you slice it. I think it's set up to make people to work in factories or stores or like retail and that kind of stuff. It's not made for people to think outside the box and create their own living that works for their lifestyle. And I think the more that we're all focused on trying to do our best for our teachers, and I think you should do as well as you can in school as you can, but I think you need to start realizing that there's more to what's going on at school than they're actually telling you. You know, it's like the Disneyland trip. You're going there, you're paying all this money, and everything's beautiful, but the minute you walk out of Disneyland, it's no longer the same. So you need to take that perspective and really live it. You know what I mean? Like really understand that, if you want more from life, that means you got to do more work, but you got to figure out how to do it the right way. So you don't exhaust yourself when you get to the finish line, you know, enjoy that retirement. And I think that's, that's how you fulfill your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very vague. It's, it's true to me. It's probably true to you. I think a lot of us understand that this is, you know, what you do at your work and what you do in your personal life is night and day. Um, you know, we, we really need to just look at it from a different lens Walk away from the stuff that doesn't make us happy. And that's including relationships. If you're not happy in your relationship, walk away. Don't stay. You're doing two things. You're making your life miserable. You're making that person's life miserable. And I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily from my experience. I'm just talking about, I'm just talking in a, genera- a generality. So I think if you want to fulfill your life, don't follow my advice. Don't follow Mofo's advice. Really don't follow his advice. <laughs> I would follow your own, your own like, your own inner voice, your own inner child. Get up. Whatever you want to do, do it. Hold on. Mofo wants to give you his two seconds of it. No, I, I, <laughs> I just, I was just thinking, John, I was just okay. thinking though, I think also like to live a fulfilled life. I think it's one of those things like don't, don't hold back. Don't live with regrets. Always go balls mass. deep. 
Always go balls deep, and that's why John goes to Chippendales as often as he can. Listen, people like to watch me dance. They don't mind the dad bod. <laughs> I just I just think, though, to myself, like, you see people um, where they live with regrets and the, the, they, they get further along in life and they realize there's things that they should have done, Yep, conversations they wish they had. Make those mistakes because you'll live better a better life because of it. Well, I think, like, just again, like... If, don't don't hold back. Don't allow your fear. Unless you're robbing a bank or hurting someone, guys. <laughs> just gotta. Yeah. I know. I mean, Sometimes well, you gotta be out there. Be and realistic. People. I'm just saying the sense of if there's things you want to do, don't allow um, fear some, someone to hold you back or a fear or just you know figure out a way to do it. Make it. Make that plan. Make the plan work. Like you having a dream, having that idea, and making something come to fruition. I think is important. You don't want to be like Alan Smithy. He lives in Vegas. He owns a Jeep, even though he can't afford it. And he uh, tells everybody that the Jeep acronym is uh, just empty every pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, honestly, for like for Alan Smithy, like he's enjoying his best life in Vegas there. And I respect that. And I think like, you know, everyone's got their own thing, right? Yeah. And I just think like live without regrets, live in the moment, get out there and do it because you have no idea what's going to be there tomorrow. And again, like have those conversations, have those interactions with people because um, likewise, you might be here tomorrow, but they might not be. And it's important to to make sure that you you recognize that. Tomorrow's not promised. A wise person once told me nobody likes to tip. Go Deep. Go Deep. Go Deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep. Go Deep.